Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. I'm just going to start recording. Well, I think we're trying to organize a little too much and we're not for y'all. You know, we had this big break that we'd forget to do a podcast every week. And I know y'all were very forgiving and we've been much better at this weekly thing. Yeah. And so we tried to be really proactive right now and plan ahead like the next month Um, because we are almost at our two year mark of our podcast here. And I think as of the date that this is airing, we are like a couple days away, but we have a goal date for the 100th episode. Yeah. So you're going to have a few weeks coming up where there's multiple in a week. So we're trying to plan ahead. So I had to hit record because I think we're trying to overthink. Yeah. We're giving a little talk at the uh, prescription Ah. drug and heroin conference in Atlanta. Oh my gosh. It's the greatest conference ever. And we just want to say there's probably a lot of good speakers there. So you should go see them. (laughs) <laughs> but uh but anyway but we're also speaking at like <laughs> midday on wednesday before people need a nap right thank, before thankfully. lunch so <laughs> so we want to be able to have the hundredth one in the can uh when we talk there so that'll air right bef- the day before we talk yep. <clears throat> so if anyone has wants to buy a last minute like you know registration it is the greatest talk, oh, greatest conference it is google the national rx drug and heroin summit 2022 prescription drug and heroin conference. <clears throat> I know what you search it is RX. Okay. Anyway, we've like wasted a lot of time. So welcome to episode 94. Yeah. And last week, of course, 93 was no. in my maple. Oh, that wasn't last week. That was like a few days ago. Well, I know, but I mean, it was last week's thing. If so. you count Sunday on the last week. Yeah. Anyway. So I make maple syrup and we decided to do one, you know, obviously in the maple syrup shack. Right, and so we had just a fun discussion on... But today we're more serious. Yeah, we had a fun discussion on, you know, the whole sugar addiction, which isn't a real thing, but kind of. So we're still checking our blood sugars after swimming in this year's new batch of syrup. Yeah. Anyway. So so today, (sighs) actually, there's a couple different... uh, That was a really long intro. It was. There's a couple different... Sorry. Please stop. (laughs) Uh, So there's a couple different uh, papers that I came across that I wanted to kind of... kind of review in a way some of the things are going on the first one was actually an interesting one about the association between benzos and drug prescriptions and drug related poisonings right so we're going to talk today specifically if i if i followed all of this misorganization about benzodiazepines with buprenorphine uh in these couple papers and then coming up sometime soon next week we'll be talking about with opioids in general, benzodiazepines with opioids in general. Can I get going on this? I just wanted to lay, lay out what people should yeah. expect. So the background, really there's some background information first. And I think that it's interesting to me, honestly, that 30% of patients who have OUD are actually on MOUD. So they're on, uh, that are on MOUD take benzos, right? Which so is, 30% take benzos. So this is super interesting to me because anyone who we've trained or mentored or talked to about this and including ourselves, whenever we started a patient on buprenorphine, and we've been doing this for more than five years, we always 
put as an allergy in their chart, benzodiazepines, because yeah. of the risk of respiratory depression. But I think as we've matured in our yeah. treatment days, I mean, I have a patient uh, at this point who's on long-term benzos. Yeah. But, you know, the problem is so that about one... third is a lot, though, to me. Yeah, about one-third of these patients actually misuse the benzos, which is, you know, clearly a problem. And it's really unclear, and it has been unclear, I think, in the literature, whether the risk of benzos with buprenorphine, for instance, outweighs the benefits, right? So... I mean, we can is go on helpful? and on about benzos in general. Yeah. But I think one of my favorite things you ever say is that... It, this is a compliment, so pay attention. Oh, God. <laughs> is, is, you know, opioids are such a great anxiolytic and anti-anxiety medication. So Great in that they work, but they not work. great long <laughs> Yes. So it's, it's that kind of balance here, I think, is what we're talking about. See, one of the, one of the big things is there, are some, there have been studies, and there's been more than one, that suggest that actually retention in a, in a buprenorphine program is actually better when, for patients who are on benzos. And, uh, and that's been known for a while. But again, benzos can be related to poisonings. So, you know, the combo of buprenorphine and benzos, not always perfect. But retention in your program, if you're giving everybody benzos, seems to be higher. So, the, the, you know, the big issue with, I think, benzos, and we've talked about this a million times, and I have a lot of benzo thoughts, but is they're also different. You know, the half-lives are different. How fast the effects happen are different. And I think that's obviously a big issue is the interaction with the different half-lives, the potencies, yeah. and how that affects the morbidity and mortality. And nobody knows. Nobody right? knows. That's, that's not been studied. So, so there isn't a best benzo to put a patient on who's on buprenorphine that might need one? Well, stay tuned. Okay. So, but, I hope but the I'm reality is right. there's very real, little research, again, on even drug-related poisonings with with some of the benzo-like drugs. So, you're, so if you're looking at the Z drugs, the Ambien's, the you know, similar drugs, the sleepers, if you will, uh, there's, there's no real research on those as far as, you know, do we get more respiratory depression or problems. So basically, if you like to do research stuff, this would be a good niche for you. Yeah, there's a big gap in kind of the outcomes, uh, you know, in these patients taking, you know, bup and the benzos or the Z drugs. It's just okay. not an area where there's tons of stuff to find. Okay, so there was this study. <laughs> there was. We lied. We said there weren't any, but there is. Analyzed non-fatal overdose poisonings associated with specific benzos or Z drugs and dosing regimens in patients with opioid use disorder, presumably, I am guessing, on MOUD? Yep. Okay. And interesting, if you look at the, bupro the buprenorphine treatment days, uh, you know, specifically the days that the patient actually took their medicine, um, it de decreased poisoning by 40%. So if mm. they took their meds, if they actually took their buprenorphine, those days were associated with less overdose. But when you put the benzos and the Z drugs, it actually doubled their risk? Yes. Okay, so now I'm confused because a minute ago you said it actually helps <laughs> them, but now you're saying it increases their poisoning risk. Yeah, so, okay, now let me start over. So... Let's say you're just taking buprenorphine. If you're always taking your buprenorphine every day, it decreases your chance of poisoning from buprenorphine by 40%. When you add benzos or a Z drug, it doubles your risk of, of poisoning. So you misunderstood me at first. So 
So, so it's, by itself. Obviously, it's better to just be on MOUD by itself. Correct. But it's still better to be on benzos with an MOUD than it is to be on just a benzo alone. Correct. Yes. So, and if you look at this, people who are on a benzo and a Z drug and buprenorphine have a lower risk of people on a benzo and a Z drug alone. That's what I just said. Yes. So I'm just trying to make sure that you understand. <laughs> I got it. So the benzos and Z drugs by themselves have higher risk, oddly, than being on bup and a benzo. I mean, I'm not surprised that anything we just said is that, you know, buprenorphine alone would make sense that it would have the least amount of risk. Yeah. But it's still obviously better to, if you, patient specific, need to be on it, it's still better than if the patient were to specifically choose just a benzo. So there yeah. might be a little compromise happening. It's interesting because the buprenorphine dose actually didn't make a difference in the risk. Isn't that interesting how many things that we have done over these years with buprenorphine? Initially, the dose always seems so important, but as more research has been done over the last almost decade, the dose doesn't seem to be relevant. Yeah. And I think that, you know, if you look at the, the bup and the benzo together, as opposed to the benzo alone, with the or Z drug alone, again your chance of overdose on a opioid, right? So they're just saying that your risk of death. I just want to make sure you're understanding this. Your risk of death is higher if you're just on a benzo because you could go use an opioid, right? <laughs> I'm following. Okay, I'm I just following. want to make sure you, you have a very puzzled look. No, I uh, obviously. Well, that's your normal look. Partial agonist versus a full yeah. agonist, and if you're using something illicitly like fentanyl, of course your risk is going to be higher. Yeah, but. But as, I, but this whole thing, SSRI thing, yeah. that's crazy to me. Didn't change the risk at all. So which, mm. what about SSRI in place of a benzo? Yeah. It, says, it didn't even really go into that, did no. it? No. <laughs> okay. But really, so what they found is that there's a clear dose dependency for overdose risk and outcome. Dose right? dependency based on the benzo. Correct. Right. So I just didn't want people to think we were crazy because a second ago we just said there is no buprenorphine dose matter. So correct. Benzo but the related. benzo is definitely related more to poisonings. So the lower dose and the decreased ter uh, treatment duration decreases risk, right? So if you have a lower dose of a benzo and, and you don't take it that often, Right, so so daily benzos are worse than intermittent short-term benzos. Oh, you mean the way we're supposed to use benzos, short-term intermittent? Bingo. <gasps> so, I so wish I could remember. The key is that the, the that low, <laughs> you know, this is why we often tell people that, you know, it's probably, and there are studies that show after three months, the benzos are typically not that effective. And so, that's if you take them daily regularly. Yeah, and people tend to misuse them typically the longer they're on them. So the other interesting thing is, there's a slightly lower risk with long-acting um, benzos rather than the short-acting. And that, I am just throwing it out there because I did not read this article, everybody. I'm yep. learning it with you is because there's less of that, you know, impact, that less of that... Um, Sudden, acute, you know, fast-acting benzos are worse. Right, the potency thing. Mm -hmm. So the fact that my patient's on clonopin is... Better. Clonazepam, is sorry. Is better. Is better. Yep. And then, interestingly, the next step down and safe, more safer is actually lower risk even with the Z drugs. So often we worry about the Z drugs causing problems with, you know, uh, buprenorphine. But in fact, 
really what they're saying is that switching patients to long-acting benzos or Z drugs is more safe because sometimes people are using a short-acting or fast-acting, I should say, benzo to sleep. Okay, can I go on a tangent? No, I'm God. going to because this is so important. No, no, we actually should do a podcast on this. I think we are. No, no, like on the sleep thing. We haven't done a specific one on sleep. So my argument against what you just said, yes, a Z drug to help you sleep is going to be more safe than a Z, than a benzo to help you sleep. But don't ever forget anybody that long-term opioid use, whether it's especially the illicits, does not only cause, well, it can complicate, obviously, obstructive sleep apnea, the sleep apnea we associate with, you know, obesity, diabetes, all those things. But long-term opioids can cause central sleep apnea. So... Their sleeping issues might actually be related to central sleep apnea and not need a Z drug. They might just need a sleep study and a CPAP. Thank you, Dr. Bell. So let's treat the actual problem, not just throw more drugs at it. Thanks again. This is a huge thing in medicine. Yeah. I'm sick of people getting thrown drugs at them. Correct. So anyway. there was another little one that kind of related, and they were talking about benzo use during buprenorphine treatment for opioid dependence. Uh, and it was, the article was called uh, Clinical and Safety Outcomes. Uh, and this 2013 was actually, yeah, already. This was actually done in t- t- uh, 2013. And really what they were looking at, they were the clinical outcomes they were trying to look at were really, you know, the 12-month retention uh, in buprenorphine. Can I just say, especially for 2013, looking at 12-month retention is pretty ballsy because... You know, we look at three-month, six-month, nine-month retention. So even back in the early days, to look at a 12-month retention, like, good for them. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they, they, some of this was they were looking at urine toxicology results as far as how well people are doing in the program. And really, ED visits uh, for overdose or injury. Hmm. And it's interesting, again, because, again, we're talking about the benzos with bup. And what they found was that the 12-month retention was actually 40%. Which is only, why I which said... Which is a little low. But which is why I said what I said. Because especially in these early days, 40%, if you just look straight at 12-month, I have a hard time saying... I mean, it's low, but what was their retention at three months, six months, nine months? Yeah. You know, where were there other interventions that could have been done? Mm. So, anyway, sorry. Yeah, and what I, what I find funny is that they talk a little bit about, you know, there's... There, the other study that was much, which was much newer, talked about how benzos seem to improve retention. But this study actually showed the opposite, and, and so, it, you know, they they just noted that, you know, benzo misuse nor benzo prescriptions was really related to retention, uh, or or illicit opioid use. So, they didn't feel that there was any big difference in people as far as retention rates but, with, buprenorf- with buprenorphine and benzos. But they had three times higher increased risk of accidental injury and uh, much higher in women, much higher in women, Yeah, four times higher. So the reason I kind of pulled this one is that, yeah, they have a little bit different perspective on can benzos give us better retention or is there higher retention in buprenorphine programs? And the newer study showed that there was, but at what risk? And in fact, what this study showed is that there's just more accidents and people get hurt more and they have more ER visits. So I think that, to me, that's a little bit more important than retention because there were a lot of people end up in the ER, a lot of people had increased risk of significant injury 
especially women. Yeah, there's just a lot of things you can ask about that. But I think, to me, the bottom line of all this is, I mean, clinically speaking, is that I don't think you need to be quite as anti-benzos. Like, you cannot be in a benzo. Yeah. When you're We've seen that. There's I mean, people that, yes. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, we put it as an allergy, but that doesn't mean I didn't. I mean, I'd still cringe when I had to do it. But like I said, now I have a patient on it. Um, he's been on it. It's stable dosing. And it, it, it's every it's, patient. Needs it's to been be. what we've needed to do before there was another type of relapse to something more fatal in a way. So I yeah. think I think if anything, the clinical take home is it's not as it's not an absolute. Correct. I'll just speak for you. No, but I, I think this is. Yeah, it's not an absolute. And I think that. Um, you know, every patient has their particular situation and it has to be looked at. But understand that benzos with buprenorphine is probably related to much more increased risk of injury. It's not an absolute contraindication. Yep. That's right. where I'm going to end. <laughs> right. So I think, I believe, again, weird organizational strategy here is next week we are going to be talking about benzos with opioids. opioids. So not the MOUD, but just opioids in general. Not the partial opioid like bup. All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. I should fall for race with God Where no talks can really be If I'm buried neath the sod Where the angels won't receive me Let me go, boys Let me go, boys Let me go down in the mud Where the rivers all run dry This land was always ours It was the proud land of our fathers It belongs to us and them Not to any of the others Let them go In the mud of the rivers, I'll run dry.